Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Monsma from Fresno Christian Reformed Church, and this is my weekly sermon cleanup, where I return to the topic of Sunday's sermon to dig a little bit deeper with you. Today, I'm talking about a sermon that I preached for January 31st, 2021. This was the sermon that you might remember on 1 Corinthians 12. And the theme of this sermon was that God has made the church to be like a body, and a body needs every part. Every part's important, and the same thing is true in the church. God has given each of us gifts that make us who we are, us individually, and then us as a church, who we are in Christ. Now, I promised in the sermon that I would talk a bit about those most salacious of spiritual gifts, the speaking in tongues, the miracles, prophecy, And so I'm going to make good on that promise and talk to you about that now. And to help you think about those spiritual gifts, I want to make four points. So here they are. The first point, God is sovereign. So God, the Holy Spirit, is sovereign. There's a temptation when we talk about these really exciting, seemingly exciting spiritual gifts like performing miracles and speaking in tongues and prophecy, there is a temptation to be overly dogmatic to the point where it seems like we're so motivated to defend our particular perspective on these gifts that we are going to make up rules for the Holy Spirit. Whatever we say about what the Holy Spirit is or is not doing should be based on Scripture, and the Bible, frankly, is not particularly clear about whether the Holy Spirit is pouring out these gifts in the same way the Holy Spirit did 2,000 years ago. Uh, God the Holy Spirit is sovereign. God, if he chooses to pour out the, the gift of miracles, can certainly perform a miracle. God, if he chooses to pour out the gift of prophecy on someone to speak a special word of his, he certainly has the power to do that. And we should be cautious and hesitant in our conclusions, especially because we run the risk of telling God what he must or may not do. So that's the first point. In all of this, God is sovereign. The second point I want to make for you is that there are not distinctions. There are, for the most part, not distinctions between groups of gifts in the Bible. So there's a temptation sometimes to separate spiritual gifts into groups. You have the extraordinary ones and the ordinary ones, or you have the gifts that continue and that the Holy Spirit is still pouring out on people, and then you have those gifts that the Holy Spirit is not pouring out, the, the ones who have, that have ceased. And the, the truth is that for the most part, whenever we separate spiritual gifts into groups, so you have that kind over there and that kind over there, we are imposing our categories on the Bible. For the most part, the Bible does not make distinctions between these gifts. In fact, the text that I preached on, 1 Corinthians 12, almost pushes us, I think, in the complete opposite direction, emphasizing that all gifts are valuable, important, that all all parts of the body, no matter what gift they have, are important and valuable parts of the body. Now, I will say, and I will admit, maybe you read all the way through to the end of 1 Corinthians 12, and you read that sentence where Paul talks about the greater gifts. He says you should desire the greater gifts. So there, Paul seems to be making a distinction. This is the one place in the Bible, I think, where where there's a distinction between some gifts in comparison to others. But 
it's not very clear what Paul means by this. There's a lot of disagreement among people who study this. What does he mean by saying desire the greater gifts? Which which gifts are greater? And the whole rest of the chapter leading up to that is pretty clear, is very clear actually, that we need to be very careful about calling some gifts more important than others. So Paul obviously means something with that word. The Holy Spirit means something with those words but it's vague and we shouldn't hang much on that little tiny hook in terms of separating gifts into categories. So that's the second point. There aren't really distinctions in the Bible between certain gifts and other gifts. The third point I want to make. The gifts of the Holy Spirit should be used for building up the church. When we see the gifts, the spiritual gifts that the Spirit has poured out, being used properly, they should build up the church. And this means two big important things. One thing this means is that the gifts should lead to clarity about the gospel. So, for example, Paul emphasizes in one place that when someone has the gift of speaking in tongues, someone else needs to be there to interpret. Speaking in tongues is not a properly used spiritual gift when no one understands what's happening. Someone needs to be there to interpret because the spiritual gift should lead to building the church up in its understanding of the gospel. Uh, similarly, the order is stressed in another place. Hey, you might have a bunch of different gifts, Paul says, but make sure you use them in an orderly way because we want to make sure that the gifts that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are being used to build up the church because then they are real gifts and they are really being used properly. Uh, another another way to look at this is to say that spiritual gifts are are either not there or being used improperly if they tend toward disunity in the church. If they tend to rip the church apart or, or erode the unity of the church, then either those gifts are not there or they are being used improperly. So that's, a, that's another important point, uh, that spiritual gifts should always be used. The Holy Spirit's purpose in pouring out these gifts is to build up the church. Finally, the fourth point. Let me review those points that I've made so far, though. First, God is sovereign, so let's let God be God with respect to how these gifts are used. Secondly, there aren't distinctions between gifts in the Bible. There are not exciting gifts and non-exciting gifts, extraordinary gifts and ordinary gifts. Um, at least in no clear way in the Bible is there some great distinction between them. Third, the gifts, the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit should are properly used to build up the church in its understanding of the gospel, not to tear the church down or to, or to divide it or to make things unclear. Finally, then, the fourth point I want to make, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago in Dinnertime Devotions, there is one spiritual gift that in a certain way does reign supreme or that is absolutely unique, and this is the gift of divine inspiration, the gift that the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament apostles had, the gift of speaking for God to the church throughout time, God's authoritative and inspired word. So this gift is special. This is not a gift that is being poured out all the time. This is related to the doctrine that we confess, the doctrine of sola scriptura, the doctrine that the Bible alone 
is our authoritative rule for faith and practice. If that's true, if it's true that the books of the Bible are special, then it means that the gift that was poured out on those who wrote down the words of the Bible or spoke the words of the Bible, that that gift is not poured out on others today. And uh, so here are some things that the Bible teaches us about this. Well, in fact, the big one is actually just that we are supposed to evaluate, discern, examine anyone who claims to have a gift like this, the gift of prophecy. We see this in the Old Testament and we see it in the New Testament. When someone claims to be speaking the word of the Lord, we need to evaluate, discern, weigh what they say against the facts and against the word of God. No true prophecy, the Bible emphasizes, no true prophecy is going to foretell something that doesn't come to pass, and no true prophecy is going to contradict the teaching of the Bible. I actually just read an article about this and about how some churches in the United States that are that have really championed the gift of prophecy lately are kind of being torn apart over the use of this gift. Um, in fact, this is, I think, just as a side note, it seems to me that if uh, the, gi- the gift of speaking in tongues was all the rage in the last century in America, it's the gift of prophecy that is all the rage now. This is the gift that, that seems to be like, uh, that, that all the cool people are talking about. Oh, we've got prophets in our church. And there's one scholar who who follows this trend in American evangelicalism, who follows uh, the most prominent people, 40, I think. He follows 40 different famous American preachers who claim to have the gift of prophecy and uh, pays attention to what, what they do, what they say, what's happening in their churches and so on. And he noted that all but one of them last year prophesied that Donald Trump would be president today. And Donald Trump is not president today. So uh, the, the point of this article was that this is what is kind of dividing these, these churches because they expected that the people who were saying the, all of these things really legitimately had this gift of prophecy and were speaking prophecies from God. But the fact that almost every single one of them, all except one of them, made a prophecy which turned out to be false, claimed to be speaking the word of God about the future, and it didn't happen, should make us question whether they have the gift of prophecy at all. In fact, the Bible requires us to question that. Now, I don't have a list of their names. I'm not trying to go after anyone in particular here, but... I think this should be a warning to all of us, to you, to me, that if we hear a famous American preacher claim to be speaking a word of prophecy, there's a pretty good chance that that person has already proven themselves to be unreliable. The Bible requires us to be skeptical of these things, to hold the truth of God as as supreme and to recognize that it is our final rule and to examine whether prophets, when they say things, uh, whether those prophecies, those predictions about the future, if that's what they are, actually come to pass. So those are the four points that I want to make about these somewhat exciting spiritual gifts. God is sovereign and whatever we, whatever conclusion we come to about what gifts the Holy Spirit is pouring out when and where, we do have to recognize that God is the one who gets to decide this 
Secondly, we need to hesitate about making distinctions between the extraordinary gifts and ordinary gifts, or gifts that continue and gifts that don't. Uh, the Bible doesn't teach us to value certain gifts or, or um, think that certain gifts are more important than others. Thirdly, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when they're used properly, when they are legitimately being poured out on the church and used in a God-honoring way, they should be building up the church around the gospel. And then finally, uh, this, the gift of prophecy, with, especially with respect to the inspired word of God, is unique. And anyone who claims to have the gift of prophecy, who, who claims to be speaking a word from the Lord today, we, the Bible requires us to examine and discern and weigh what that person says and not simply take it in uh, uncritically. So those are the four important things I wanted to point out to you, and that is the cleanup for this week. You can find the links to the sermon that I'm talking about, uh, links to other sermons, and more information about our church at fresnocrc.org.